Welcome to Confessions of a Serial Seller. I have a, a, one of my sales heroes, actually. He's a guy that, I don't want to embarrass him too much, but he's a guy that I, I first heard of and watched about 10 years ago and have followed him ever since. And, and I just want to share this about, about this, this individual. What differentiates high performers from good performers? What helps one person to achieve great results when another is nearly average? What skyrockets one team to be more motivated, more productive, and make more sales when another wallows in mediocrity? These are the questions that inspired my guest for the last 20 years and has led to his I am 10 methodology for high performance. I'm very pleased to welcome to the podcast our guest today, Gavin Ingham. He's going to share how we can be more, do more, and have more in our business and in our lives. Please give a welcome to the one and only. So, Gavin, thank you so much for joining me on the show. No problem. Absolute pleasure to be uh, speaking with you again, Tony. No, absolutely. And, and just tell the audience a little bit, just to begin with a bit about your journey and, and what led you to where you are now when you, you've helped some high performers all around the world. Sure. Um, you know, I think I've always been fascinated by high performance. It's some, not something that I was necessarily consciously aware of, but I share with you a story that I, I don't normally share actually, uh, Tony. It goes back to when I was about 10 or 11 years old and I was in middle school and we always ran a cross country race uh, in January. And we used to go up the hill, lethal, lethal road. I drive up there every day and think, I cannot believe yeah. that back in the seventies, they let nine year old children run up this road, but you know, yeah. different times. And we would run in January, the cross country competition. Mm. And we would run two years. So there would be first year and second year and third year and fourth year, girls yeah. and boys together. Now in my third and fourth year, when I was in the fourth year, so I was one of the older years and I was a boy, I remember running along the top of the hill, looking down mm. and seeing the winner win. And as I walked down, uh, out of breath, sweating, and came third from last out of about 240 children, I thought, you know what? I'm absolutely rubbish at running. This isn't my thing. Yeah. By July, by July, I won the 100 meters, the 200 meters, the 800 meters, and the following year, I was one of the best runners in West Yorkshire. Now, yeah. at the time, I didn't think much about it, but I did think, this is odd. How can I be, how can I have changed so much in a mm. year? And of course, the reality is I didn't change. It, it was my mentality that changed. And it always kind of stuck with me that, how mm. something changed in my head from I can't to I, I can, and it made all the difference. Mm. And from a perspective of, of business, um, I got into sales when uh, I was probably like about 20, something like that, 21. Yeah. And I made a sale really, really quickly, Tony. And then it all went wrong. I didn't do another deal for months and months and months. And I, and I nearly got sacked. Mm. And I was making every excuse there was as to why I wasn't making sales. And eventually, after being warned by the MD that I was on my last legs, a friend gave me a book to read. And I took this book home by a motivational speaker, Tony, and I read it. And... Um, I can't even remember what it was about or who it yeah. was or any of the details, but I remember one thing. Yeah. And it was about five in the morning and I put the book down and it said, you're responsible. You're responsible for your sales. You're responsible for your life. You're responsible for your prospects, your leads, the way you talk to people. Mm. And I realized, Tony, I was just blaming everybody. 
I was blaming everybody, anything, the database, the clients. I was blaming the prospects, the the IT system, the yeah. marketing, the lack of training, just literally, Tony, anybody yeah. but me. And in that moment, I made at five in the morning the commitment to myself that I was going to take responsibility for yeah. my sales, for my business, for my life. And, and I did. I went back to work, took back control, and yeah. gradually started to claw my way. And actually, once I started to get a bit of momentum, I very quickly became the top performer in the business, uh, mm -hmm. in the UK, in Europe, in the world. And then from there, I guess the rest is history. I got promoted, got headhunted, moved into this industry, and I've worked with about 250,000 people. And the interesting yeah. thing is that not that skills aren't important, because skills are critically important, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. But yeah. the one thing I noticed is that the biggest differential between success and failure was mindset. What was the mindset that people brought to any situation? Yeah. And, and that just became really, Tony, my, my fascination. No, I love that. And I think, well, you're right, actually, just that word, responsibility and, and ownership, I think is so, so vital. And you, you touched on there, obviously, that skills are paramount. Uh, and I know that you, you've got that in leaps and bounds from your success in sales. What, from all the, the, the quarter of a million that you've worked with, what, in your opinion, what are the key skills that are still leading today's top selling performers? <laughs> that's that's a difficult question actually tony because clearly um I, I have an opinion but actually probably as someone who works day on day uh from a skills perspective you've got a better idea than i have um so i think all of the the traditional skills are, are critically important and i think in today's market uh, a lot of the time they're going missing. So clearly you've got this whole new set around yeah. how you position yourself and how you use social media and how you write an email. And, and to be fair, whilst I do all of that sort of stuff for myself, because yeah. it's critically important and I've done lots of study, that's not stuff that I teach. But the, uh, I think the old stuff is actually becoming more and more important now too, because mm -hmm. I think there is a huge gap for people around that ability to actually communicate, to actually ask questions, to actually listen. And I see a lot of people who, who are scared now, Tony, of yeah. having conversations, scared of asking questions, who have no idea to listen. I even see sales trainers and sales speakers out there who are clearly scared too, Tony, yeah. and, and are, are spouting rubbish about how people buy differently. No, people don't buy differently. It's just that you're not there. You know, yeah. uh, it's just yeah. that it all happens when you're not there. And then you turn up the end and pretend that you're selling when you're not. So I think, if you look at skill sets, you've got all of that modern stuff, but then you've got all the, new, the old stuff as well around communication and around questions and around understanding why people buy and around objection yeah. handling. And I think one of the skills that so many people, uh, and it's also a mindset, this one, yeah. that people fail, is they fail to really focus on what the other person feels and what the other person thinks. And I think that is a mindset and a skill. And I think it's something that is dramatically missing for, for a whole variety of reasons. Yeah, and I, I find a lot of salespeople I work, they do, they hide behind email and, and, and say, you know, it, it, this is the new way of selling. And my argument is always, if that was true, we'd fire all of you and hire copywriters, you know, because they're always going to write better copy than a salesperson. But, but you're absolutely right, I think, going back to basics and, and having better conversations and asking better questions, listening effectively, will never die, right? I mean... If in all your years, if, if there was sort of one sales mantra that you sort of live by, what would that be? 
Well, at risk of repeating myself, um, I think it's that you are in control yes. and of your behavior. And the only thing you can control is your behavior. And I think a lot of people get sidetracked by focusing on results and feeling good when they get results and bad when they get bad results. But actually the thing that makes the difference, the one thing, and I'm sure you've seen this in every team that I've ever worked with, both sales teams, uh, non-sales teams and leadership teams yeah. is that activity, what you do is directly related to the results that you get. And you are always in charge of what you do. And I think people, forget that you know they get buffeted around by people events and circumstances they end up being busy fools and they yes. forget that the right activities link back to the right results so for me the mantra is you are in control of what you do yes. and you need to be very careful what you focus on and how you invest your time um, so what advice then would you give to people listening saying that's all very well and you know and, and i want to i want to ask you a bit more later on about your im10 methodology but when, what advice can you give when people are not at 10 and they're feeling low because they've had a bad week, they've had a bad month, uh, and they're just not, you know, they're not in their mojo? What advice can you give to help them find that and get that back? Sure. Um, it's a great question, that one, Tony, because clearly if, if it were easy, everybody would do it. Yeah. And I think that... The interesting thing, of course, is that anybody can be a high performer when things are going well. Mm. When you separate great from good is when things aren't going well. Mm. Um, I, think, I think, you know, the, of clearly the whole methodology is effectively about that. How do you get to a 10 when you're not? Yeah. How do you consistently deliver a 10? But in a nutshell, the first thing is to really think about what a 10 is and recognize when you're not at a 10 and commit to doing something about it. You know, yeah. there isn't any rocket science really. I mean, yes, the methodology is amazing and it works, but inside of that methodology are lots of things that people already do some of the time. And I think that it's that commitment to actually doing it. I mean, for example, one of the things, Tony, that I give out as a result of um, being on a program is we have some wristbands yeah. and they're a lovely black sparkly wristband and one time at one side it just says hashtag I am 10 and on the other side it says how can I be a 10 today yeah. and I remember the first time I handed these out Tony now I can't actually remember specifically when that was because um you know <laughs> when you're not 20 or 30 anymore what you think was last year was maybe five years ago but i'm gonna hazard i'm gonna hazard a guess because we have had uh some blue ones and we've had some yeah. orange ones and now we're then we had some black ones and now we're on black and sparkly so i'm yeah. gonna say it could be five or six years tony yeah and i remember the first time i handed one out and I was standing on stage and I'd got them with me and I thought this is a good idea. And, and you know what it's like, Tony, when you try something new, that's a little bit different. And, yeah. and I, I think similar to me, um, you have a certain amount of confidence and ego that comes from your experience and what you're trying to achieve. But by yeah. the same token, you're also standing on the stage going, but it's only a little old me, you know, yeah. I'm just, I'm just a boy from Yorkshire, you know? Yeah. And, um, you're standing on the stage with this great idea and then it comes to the moment where you've got to sell this idea to everybody and you think, 
gosh, is anybody even going to want one of these? You know, yeah. are, are they, they going to think this is a bit stupid? Yeah. So I sort of held this thing up and I sort of went, so um, anyway, we've got these uh, these wristbands, uh, these, uh, flicking it like that. And I went, uh, anyway, if anybody wants one, they're just kind of over there. And I just kind of put them on the stage and moved on. And I thought, nobody's going to want these. And then at the end of the... Uh, the, the conference, there was yeah. this massive rush of 250 people and literally bands were flying everywhere. And I thought, oh wow, people quite like these. Yeah. And I've got and I've got managing directors and CEOs who've been wearing them for you know years and who ring me up and say, Gab, it's broken. Can I have another one? Yeah. And uh, on the other hand, it's a bit because I, I, it was funny because what happened, um, I, which is part of that story, is I actually the first day I had them had a friend with me and he's a speaker. Yeah. And was just about to go on and he's a lovely guy and he's a great supporter and I was just about to go on and I said to him anyway what do you think of these and he <laughs> he's, he's an athlete this guy and he held yeah. his arm out and he had one of those live strong ones on and he said see the thing is Gav the only one I wear is the live strong one and I just wouldn't wear another one so that course that killed my confidence <laughs> even walking on you know yeah. and so so um but but the thing was uh I, you know, I did think these are too simple. Why would anybody wear them? And I think the reality is simple. I get these CEOs, as I say, ring me up and say, it's broken, can I have another? Yeah. And the people who wear them are almost invariably the more successful people. Mm. Um, so you would think it might be just people who like a band but and, and that CEOs and MDs wouldn't wear them. But actually, yeah. CEO, MD, sales leader, top performer, more likely to wear one. Yeah. So why is that? Is it the band that changes them? Of course not. It's because they recognize how important attitude is. Yeah. They recognize how important reminding yourself of attitude is. And any little thing that could just remind them makes mm. a huge difference. So just having it there, you know, you reach for something, you're not quite on a 10 and you think, really? I ought to be at a 10 here. So if yeah. you were to say, what is yeah. the simplest trick? The simplest trick, and there's loads of ways of doing this, but it's just to stick something on your computer saying, be your best, or I am 10, or yeah. whatever it is, and then remind yourself daily to be at a 10. Because if you just get in that habit of asking yourself, how can I be my best? How can I be a 10 today? Yeah. Your mind starts to ask all the right questions and starts to make all of the right links. And it sounds incredibly simple, but just that reminder is No, huge. I love it. I love it. And I, I think it's right. It's, it, you know, working with a lot of sales for myself, it's about the habit formation, having building the right habits that are just going to serve you better. So no, I, Correct. I, I think that's fantastic. What, what would you say, I know you've been in sales for, you know, 25, 30 years now. What, what would you say is the best, some of the best advice you've personally ever been given from some of the great speakers that you've listened to or, or, or learned from? Sure, yeah. Um, well, obviously, the one I started with, you're responsible for your life, yeah. your business, leads, etc. I, 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 you know, I think, I think that's incredibly important. And I'd probably have that right up there at... Um, you know, number one, yeah. life's, life's not fair, Tony. You know, I mean, when I go back to that first sales job and how I felt at that time, there was a girl on one of the other teams who I used to say, well, she's got better accounts than me. And yeah. she, you know, she's working in the city and the city has more money than me. And yeah. her, she gets bigger contracts than me. And actually the reality, Tony, is that yeah. all of that was true. 
that was a clear fact, you know, yeah. but there's no point sitting around moaning about that. You've got to take responsibility for what you have got. Yeah. You've got to take responsibility for where you are. You know, some people are smarter than others. Some people do have a better way about them than others. Some people yeah. had a better education or, or a background that gave them a more positive thinking strategy or they get better sales training, but you're responsible for where you're going. You know, yeah. where you are right now is where you are right now where you go in the future, that's your responsibility. So that's definitely yeah. my, my first core one. I think the second one is that um, value is always determined by the other person. Mm. And I think people, you know, are so focused on themselves, Tony, mm. and, and they don't ask themselves, well, what is the value that I'm adding to any situation, whether that's sales or it's at home or whatever. And I think value is always determined by the other person. So you need to be constantly putting yourself mm. in the other person's mindset. You know, what do they want to get out of this? What do they want to achieve out of this? What would be a win for them? What would make this extraordinary for them? What would be yeah. the most amazing customer service I could give them? And the, the, the thing, and you recognize this straight away, Tony, I get you know, however many calls I get a week from directors of all sorts of businesses. Yes, probably only 50% of mine are sales focused. So I'll focus on them. But I get sales directors and managing directors ringing me and they say things like, we've got a conference or uh, we've got a team. Uh, you know, we need them to make more sales or we need them to handle objections more effectively or yeah. we need people to close more congruently or we need people to have more belief and sell higher value and in my mind these are all the wrong questions because nobody ever rings me and says how do we understand our clients better or how do we add more value for our clients or yeah. you know it's just not the question you get asked it's all me 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 yeah. and of course from a sales perspective it's not really about you it's about understanding people and getting value so that probably is the second one for me yeah. um and I think the third one, uh, and this isn't going to be very popular, but <laughs> the third one is about activity. Um, you know, activity, the right activity breeds results. Yeah. Um, in every business I've ever worked with, there is a correlation between activity and results. And I think there's often this argument that goes on about quantity versus quality. Yeah. For me, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a null argument because they're two separate things they're not linked linking them is bonkers because yeah. look if you make crap calls 10 crap calls is better than one if you make good calls 10 good calls is better than one yeah. they're two separate things yes you needed to be working on quality that's a given you know you want to be the best salesperson with the best skills the best understanding of the market the best customer service the yeah. best follow-through the best mindset yeah all of the above but then it becomes about activity so for me it's about uh, the third best piece of advice I was given was activity, which yeah. then brings me to the fourth best piece of advice. And that's one that I give to myself <laughs> yeah. every day. So this one's mine. And that is most people work on the wrong things. You need to make sure you work on the right things. Mm. And I think in today's environment, there are far too many of distractions, yeah. far too much rubbish going on, far too much bad advice given to by far too many people who think they're experts. And therefore, there are far too many salespeople, sales directors, business owners and leaders who are out there frazzled, working ridiculously long hours and getting bad results. Yeah. And that, you know, you only need to look at the productivity. And I'm sure we've all got our own opinions on this. But how can 
people be working longer hours than ever? How can people be more frazzled than ever? How can people be working harder than ever? And yet productivity is going down and down and down. And the answer is because people do the wrong things. So a big part, my best piece of advice and a big part of what I do is helping people to get clarity on what they should be doing, Tony. I love that. I think that yeah, all of that is genius advice. And I want to just touch on the latter, the last piece is, is for people listening, thinking, how do I know what's the right thing to work on? Where, where, what's the best tip or help you can give to guide them on that clarity? Lovely. From a sales perspective, because clearly, Tony, um, if you look at my IM10 model, yeah. um, there are three core building blocks. So building block one is conviction. So that is having belief in yourself, having belief in your products, having belief in your service, having the conviction to step up and do what needs to be done. So, you know, I could say to you, you need to negotiate effectively. You could go with your amazing skill set training, Tony, and you could yeah. teach somebody how to ask better questions and how to negotiate more effectively. But if they don't have conviction, if they yeah. don't have belief, they're going to struggle to do it. They're going to struggle to do it, right? They're just going to fail. They're going to ask the question, somebody's going to negotiate, and they're going to go, oh, here we go again, right? And yeah. they're just going to capitulate. So the first part is conviction, and that's as an individual and as a team, right? You need to believe in yourself, in your product, in your service, in what you're doing, in the value that you add, etc. Yeah. The second core building block is clarity, right? Mm. And clarity is knowing what you need to do. It's knowing yeah. where you want to go. It's knowing who you want to work with. It's knowing what you need to do. It's knowing when you need to do it. And it's knowing when you don't need to do it. Right. Yeah. And clarity is important because it is impossible to have conviction without clarity because you'd just be a motivated idiot. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. you need conviction, but for your conviction to stand, you need yeah. clarity. I mean, if you know subconsciously you're never doing the right stuff or yeah. you don't know whether you're doing the right stuff, your conviction will fall apart. Yeah. Right. So the clarity adds to the conviction and the conviction adds to the clarity. And then the third element is, you know, there's another C coming, right? Um, the, th the third element is consistency, right? Yeah. So um, consistency is going out and doing what needs to be done over and over and over again, day in, day out. Yeah. I would say the biggest enemy of high performance, the biggest enemy of high performance, Tony, is chronic inconsistency, right? Um, so you've got salespeople who come in, motivate and perform one day. And then the next day, the next day, the next day, they don't do what needs doing. And they'll have all sorts of valid reasons for that. I mean, sometimes it'll just be, they don't feel like it, but a lot of the time it'll be, oh, this client rang, that client rang, I had this problem to do, that problem to do, the problem yeah. to do, but there was an activity. There was something that should have been done and they didn't do it. And again, these three loop round. So if you're not consistently doing what you need to do, then your conviction starts to fall apart because you know it, whether yeah. it's at a, you know, a conscious level or an unconscious level. So these three, they're not three alternatives. They're not three choices. They're three building blocks that need to be in play to perform as an individual. And that's from a CEO down to, you know, the janitor yeah. and as a team, right. Or as a leader, etc. And when I work with people, the whole model, the whole program, whether it's yeah. working with a CEO or an MD or a director or a leader or a small business owner on the, um, the group coaching program, or yeah. whether it's coming in, running a program with a team or whether it's 
doing a keynote speech. It's all about delivering those three. So coming back to consistency, Tony, obviously that's one of the main building blocks. And without going through everything, um, it's quite difficult to explain. But in a nutshell, for people in sales, clarity comes from knowing what you want. Mm. So, you know, if you're just going to make more sales, you can never have clarity. Um, if you're going, well, just make more sales, but not with who, then you can never have clarity. So yeah. clarity comes from knowing what you want and knowing who you want it with. So I see a lot of salespeople, and I mean, you've probably seen this stat, yeah. a lot of salespeople plateau at 18 months. Mm. And they never do any better. Now, there are several reasons for that. Um, without going into details, a lot of them are around questioning, um, a lot of them are around listening, and a lot of them are just around ego, Tony. People go, I've got it, I'm good. And yeah. they stop getting better, you know. And I think one of the characteristics of people doing really well is people who carry on studying and carry on getting better. But anyway, aside from that, I think another element is that what got you here won't get you there. Yes. Right. What got you where you are won't get you somewhere else. It'll just carry on getting where you are. So it may be that you're dealing with 10 grand clients, right? Yeah. You can only have so many 10 grand clients. And to get where you actually want to go, you need 50 grand clients or 100 grand clients or a million pound clients, you know? And so you need clarity on what you want and who that's with. Anyway, working down through the process, you eventually get to a very simple clarity of what are the core habits what are the core daily habits that you need as a salesperson or as a leader or as a business or whatever to get you where you want to go right and what we find um and you know i used to do this a lot with salespeople, not as much now i tend to be working either with sales leadership teams or with the leaders themselves but what you find is that when you really get into this the vast majority of people spend a very very small percentage of their time on those core uh activities Tony a very small percentage and and it's working with them as you know I do or indeed you would do to help them get clarity so that they can focus on it and do it and that's where the conviction then comes into play because people say you know I get salespeople who say to me well you can't turn down a client can you I mean in these difficult times no in these difficult times is exactly when you need yeah. to be turning down clients because you need that time to go after the ones that you need. But unless you have absolute clarity that that's a client you work with and that's a client you wouldn't. And unless yeah. you have exact clarity on how do I go and get that new client? What do I need to do? And what are those core activities? Then you're always going to go, Oh, and you're going to slide back because you won't yeah. be able to hold your conviction. So the two come together, Tony. No, I love that. There's absolute gold there for anyone listening. I think, uh, you know, what's, I know you're very well read. I know, I know, you know, you've written a book yourself, which, which I think is going to be looking to publish in the next few months. Well, what's one of the best sales books that you've ever read that's taught you the most? Gosh, that's a really, really difficult question. And I don't want to dodge the issue, really. But I, I don't think I've ever read um, one sales book that i went that's it that's you know the the golden grail as it were and i think you know i i've read lots of books that i've taken lots of things from so you know i think spin selling is a great book the spin selling uh workbook is a great book to work alongside of it i really like customer centered selling i love what great salespeople do i think that's a great book as well um 
you know, I, you know, if you're doing something like cold calling or objection handling, I love the stuff that you do. You know, I think yeah. there are a lot of good books that you can take things out of. But I think, again, it comes back down to, Tony, where are you right now? So it's having that clarity about where you are yeah. and that clarity about where you need to go and what's important to you. You know, it, it's a long, long time ago, but I really liked the, and, and it's old school now, so it might not be right now, but I just use this as an example. Yeah. There was a book um, called Selling to Veto by a guy called Anthony Paranello. Yeah, and, yeah, and I read it about oh, 17, 18 years ago. And at the time, I just thought, I love this. It was about cold calling, but it was about, writing a letter to then follow up with a cold call so old school right yeah but the second half of the book in my humble opinion it may have worked in the states but the second half of the book which was all about voicemail for me tony the first half i used to say people read it it's brilliant yeah. and the second half i used to say read it but frankly it, it just disappears into a world of bonkers to me yeah. um and and you know so for me it's about knowing what you need to learn and picking those bits and pieces but if i'm honest i probably have got more out of mindset books, but I think because that's my, yeah. my passion. I think you need a sales process. I think it needs to be good, whether yeah. it's you know a, a version of spin or a version of solution selling or a, or a version of Sandler or a version of you know killer sales from Tony Morris or whatever yeah. it is. It doesn't really matter, right? Yeah. I think you need a good system that you know works and has worked for other people. You need to then make it work for yourself, and then you need to put your energy on focus on mindset, which includes getting into the right state, staying into the right state, doing the right things, and constantly improving. You know. Yeah. Uh, me you know one part of my model is all about constant improvement and how do you do that and how do you just keep sharpening and sharpening and sharpening yeah i love that and where you know we obviously you shed a lot today and um about the iron 10 methodology too much, too much tony have i given it all away <laughs> no not, luckily not and that was my next question where can people listening where can they come and and learn and, and read and, and see stuff about your, your iron 10 methodology and and, uh, and pick up more with you. Hey, of course, a variety of uh, places, Tony, but, a bit, but like everybody uh, these days, and I think I'm about to prove the point about um, how hard it is to focus on the different things when there are so many choices these days. Yeah. But I think the core, the core places really to, to engage and to follow. Um, LinkedIn, I'm, I'm quite active on LinkedIn. Um, it's really easy. You can either search my name or you can just go to gaviningham.me, gaviningham.me, which goes to my profile. Link with me, network with me. I share stuff there. Um, I think the, the second one is to join my newsletter. I go out irregularly, regularly, if that makes any sense. Um, and it's gaviningham.com and you'll find my newsletter on there, gaviningham.com. And then I think the third element is if you are a leader um, who is interested in high performance yourself, yeah. maybe you it resonated with you that I, you know, you've got all sorts of things going on and you know you could perform better, then reach out to me. Likewise, if you've got a team and you've trained them or you've not trained them and you really want to improve and double down on making sure that they're doing the right things at the right time and developing that high performance uh, culture in your business, then again, just reach out to me and I'm more than happy to have a conversation. And if that goes anywhere, then, you know, I can tell you about the various programs that we run to help you get the results that you want. Fantastic. Gavin, I've, I've learned loads from you in the, in the many years and every time I speak to you, I learn something new and, and really, you know, just a reminder of am I 10? Um, I, I remember actually, I, I wore the bracelet for about two years when I first saw you, well, years ago actually, and then lost it 
kind of, I was desperate to, you know, stupidly, I should just pick the phone up and say, send me another one. Because it did, as, as I wore it, it really was that daily reminder of, is everything I'm doing a 10? So uh, you really, the, the purpose of bringing that story up is, mate, I'm going to send you my address and I definitely want an, another, oh, I want the black sparkle one, I think I had an orange one. I've got an orange one. Yeah, no, orange, orange are uh, a limited edition now. We haven't got any left. <laughs> the black and sparkle, please, in the post. That would, would be massively appreciated. <laughs> Mate, I'll make sure you get one of those, Tony. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, always a pleasure. Uh, always great to learn from you. So uh, thank you so much for your time. Thanks very much. I've enjoyed uh, being here, and I hope people have enjoyed it and find something in there that's useful for them. No, thank you. Really appreciate it. Thanks again.